0: hello welcome back to the for the love of film podcast i'm your host scott david chase i'm going to talk about uh six films and uh television series on this episode i'm going to talk about the movies the hunt the invisible man the 2020 invisible man onward the call of the wild under the silver lake the way back again the 2020 film uh and I'm only saying that because there's several films with the title The Way Back. And then the television series High Fidelity. So um, I'm going to go basically in the order that I saw them. So I'm going to talk about The Invisible Man first, which is uh, it's a sci-fi horror film. It's, it's a remake of the, the film, you know, the classic universal film. Uh, based on the H.G. Wells novel, but uh, it's, you know, at this point, very, very loosely based on both. Um, it, it primarily focuses on a um, character played by Elizabeth Moss, who is the the, the wife of the, the so-called Invisible Man. And originally this was intended to be part of um, Universal's Dark Universe, which was started with... The Mummy, which came out last year, starring Tom Cruise. I think it was last year. It was either 2019 or 2018, but didn't see it, had no interest in it. To be fair, I didn't really have a whole lot of interest in seeing the Invisible Man, this Invisible Man. The previews looked okay. Um, I've never been a huge Invisible Man fan. I like Frankenstein and Dracula and the creature from the Black Lagoon from universal monsters and the, and the bride of Frankenstein, the invincible man never interested me as much, but, um, it's interesting too, because I think Elizabeth Moss is a good actress, but, um, other than, other than seeing her in, um, the West wing, there's not a whole lot that she's done that I've actually enjoyed. Um, and she did a good job in this, but something a about her just, to me, I don't know. She, she just doesn't have a star power, I guess, is for lack of a better term. I I just, there's not enough about her to actually draw me in and captivate me as far as leading a movie. So um, having said that, I've never seen a single episode of The Handmaid's Tale. Um, I've heard it's excellent. I believe that it probably is. And, you know, with, with, with us, being on the eve of, uh, probable, uh, lockdown, uh, for the next couple weeks because of the coronavirus, that's going to be a perfect time for me to catch up on lots of stuff that I haven't seen. So, um, you know, maybe I'll watch that. Maybe I'll watch the Harry Potter movies. Finally, maybe I'll even dip into game of Thrones since I now have HBO now. But anyway, uh, having said that this film being focused on Elizabeth's Moth's character and it being a, a a character and an actress that I'm not particularly compelled by. Uh, I was a little bit of a problem for me. Uh, this movie held up really well, uh, for the first three quarters of the film. It was really in the last half an hour, um, where I just didn't care. Um, I don't know. There was some really interesting stuff done with, you know, the, the, actual invisible man, uh, you know, having his breath appear and, you know, footprints appear. They did some fun stuff with that. I just, a lot of the relationships between the characters was never really explained much. And it was just assumed, um, we knew why a lot of these characters were connected and why there was strains in some relationships. And it really wasn't, I don't know. There was, there was, there was, kind of a lack of exposition on a lot of stuff, which made it confusing, um, but more annoying than anything else. And then at the end when, um, you know, basically the, the premise of the film is, we don't know if, you know, the lead actress is really seeing this stuff or the lead character is seeing this stuff, or if it's all in her mind, if she's slowly losing her mind, but, um or at least that's how it made it seem in the previews and there was never really any question in this and um yeah uh it was enjoyable for a uh, you know a, a late february film slightly better than the average thing that comes out of that time frame but still um a pretty forgettable film i would give the invisible man a 6 out of 10 um uh, next one is Call of the Wild, which is uh, not to be confused with the other film versions called j- Called simply Call of the Wild, based on uh, Jack London's uh, 1903 novel. Um, stars Harrison Ford, but uh, also really stars Omar Sy, who has the lead in the first uh, first hour of the film. Um, but it really stars... Uh, cgi dog who it, it, you know buck the protagonist of of the call of the wild um who leads a sled team and then goes on some adventures with harrison ford in the yukon wilderness and it's a lot has been made about the t- cgi in this film how much cgi there is and how unconvincing the animals are and those are all my complaints with it as well for a film that is essentially all about the outdoors and the wilderness none of, none of the animals in the film are real at all. It's all completely CG and none of this was shot outdoors. It was all done on sound stages with heavy green screens. So, um, again, I realize I probably a little bit too much into the nuts and bolts of how our films are made to enjoy this because I had several coworkers ask me when I saw it, what I thought of it. And I told them I didn't Enjoy it, and I gave them the reasons. But you know, particularly women over fifty who uh, went and saw it, anyways, and they really enjoyed it. And that's fine. I everyone's tastes in films are different, and I'm genuinely glad that they enjoyed it. And they're like, Oh, did, none of that stuff bothered me. I just like the story," and I, that's great. I'm totally fine with that. I don't need people to agree with me on it, but for me. This movie was pretty awful Um, because it's not much of a story per se. So what would draw me in would be the interactions with animals and the whole argument that people say, well, you couldn't get a real dog to do some of that stuff. Well, we've been doing films with animals for over a century now. Um, Whether I agree with some of the tactics that they've done to get animals to achieve this fine but also we've made plenty of films with very realistic cg animal actors i'll point out the fact that jurassic park was made 27 years ago and those dinosaurs are very convincing where this uh this dog just isn't and um yeah i don't think they spent enough money and the movie wasn't compelling to me hardly at all you know i would give call the wild a four out of ten the uh, next thing is high fidelity TV series. So it's a Hulu TV show. For those um, who haven't seen it, I was raving about it online a few weeks ago when I went through the series. Uh, it's I believe it was ten episodes. It's either eight or ten episodes. Ten episodes. So it's based on uh, the Nick Hornby novel, but also the tele or television. Also the uh, John Cusack starring film from twenty something years ago and. Uh, I read the book, really liked the book, really liked the film a lot. And I will say, this is better than both of them. Uh, Stars Zoe Kravitz, uh, playing the role that uh, John Cusack played in the film. She runs a record store, this time in New York instead of Chicago. And in the book, it's London. Uh, Three very different cities. And each iteration of this story really kind of takes the characters of those city and makes it specific to the story, but it's about the romantic, uh, difficulties that the protagonist faces. And, uh, this doesn't wrap it up, uh, like the film does. Uh, you know, it still remains to be seen, um, what's going to happen to Rob in season two, but I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, so far, uh, you know, 75 days into 2020, high fidelity is the best thing I've seen this year. Um, I thought it was fantastic. Um, casting was spot on, perfect, uh, compelling. Uh, and I can't wait to spend more time with these characters. I would give the entire series of high fidelity a nine out of 10. If you don't have Hulu, I highly recommend getting it just to watch this show. And I mean, you'll find a ton of other stuff on there as well, but, uh, yeah, I loved it. Um, Next film that I saw is Under the Silver Lake, which is actually a 2018 film that I saw. Um, It's written, directed by David Robert Mitchell, probably most well-known for writing and directing the film It Follows, which I really liked and was looking forward to this. I'd seen some previews from this uh, on a couple other films. It's, I believe it's A24. Yeah, it's an A24 film, which is a studio that I've gone to see a bunch of their films just because they made them. And uh, started Andrew Garfield, uh, who, you know, I, I like to some degree, I think he's a capable actor. Uh, but also Riley Keough, who is an actress that I really have enjoyed, uh, a lot recently. Um, probably most well-known. Uh, she was one of the wives in Mad Max Fury Road and she is Elvis Presley's granddaughter. But, um, sadly she is only in about a handful of scenes and then the rest of the movie is Andrew Garfield trying to find her. Uh, the movie that this most reminds me of would be the film brick, Ryan Johnson's film brick, which is brilliant. This is not as good as that. This is kind of a conspiracy theorists, um, dream, you know, stream of consciousness come to life. Uh, but it doesn't make a lick of sense. Most of the questions that it raises, it doesn't resolve at all. Um, I enjoyed the ride, but I figured about two thirds of the way through that. I was like, Oh, this is not going to have any actual answers. This is just kind of throw a lot of weirdness, a lot of questions. There's a fun scene where Andrew Garfield uh, has, I believe it was gum or something stuck to his hand and he gets his, somehow gets his hand stuck on a comic book, which ends up being an issue of, the Amazing Spider-Man, which was clearly intentional, it was a fun little nod because he played Spider-Man in two films for Sony before they rebooted it to have Tom Holland take over the role for him. But um, I don't know. Andrew Garfield plays a pretty unlikable character in this, and uh, but also a fairly uh, uninteresting character. So that that that's the biggest issue I had with this film. Uh, I like I said I enjoyed the ride but didn't love it and um, yeah I don't know it was ultimately not a waste of time because I did enjoy watching it but not it was not a whole lot actually happened in this movie so tough to recommend it I'd give under the silver like a five out of ten um, if you're a fan of a twenty four films it might be worth a watch but it's ultimately kind of a waste uh, I saw onward which is the latest Pixar film, uh, animated film. It's, you know, it's about t- two elves, two elf b- brothers. One is 16 one I would guess is like between 20 and 22, but it's, you know, it's set in a fantasy world, but in modern day and, you know, they drive cars and, you know, have restaurants and there's pawn shops and so on and so forth. So there, there's two, two brothers, uh, who are voiced by Tom Holland and uh, Chris Pratt, um, Ian and Barley Lightfoot, uh, they go on a quest to, to try and be able to spend one day with their father, their deceased father. There's a, you know, He leaves a, his wizard staff, and uh, Ian, the younger brother, has some power, so they go on this quest to try and find him. They're only going to get to spend one day with him, but uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus voices their mother, Octavia Spencer, plays a manticore um you know their 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 mother's boyfriend is a centaur and you know it's fun the animation's great as always with pixar it just i enjoyed it i've enjoyed every pixar film i've seen i haven't seen them all but ultimately it kind of i don't know left a little bit to be desired as far as like it didn't quite hit as deep as a lot of the other pixar films uh Like I said, I enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, when it was over, I haven't really thought about it much since. And I don't think I'd ever feel the need to watch it over again. It was perfectly fine entertainment for children. And, um, you know, I would say above average entertainment for children. I think Pixar does a great job and the animation's beautiful. But uh, nothing particularly super special about this. I would, you know, there is a sequence um, where uh, Barley's van that, you know, has, has, um, airbrushed, uh, a Pegasus airbrushed on it ends up becoming airborne. And, uh, it's, you know, not even a spoiler, but just too difficult to explain the scene. But, um, and that, that whole sequence was really cool. it's probably the highlight of the film for me, but, um, I don't know, I'd give onward a seven out of 10. Uh, it was fun. Uh, and I saw the way back, which is, um, it's a sports drama film starring Ben Affleck and uh uh Janina Gavankar who uh, I knew from uh The League the television show The League uh she plays Shiva who their uh, their league's trophy is named after but uh, obviously a very different role this is a very dramatic film um there's Ben Affleck's one of those actors a lot of people just have a negative opinion about and I've never really understood that um if it's because of his personal life, there's plenty of other actors who have had um, their personal lives in the public realm. And, uh, you know, I just don't really get why people dislike Ben Affleck because he's a really good actor in a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, he's done some films that aren't great, but a lot of great actors have done that. I mean, Matthew McConaughey is someone that I would point to. I'm like, he's kind of had had a renaissance a couple years ago of great work, but he's done a ton of garbage and he's starting to do garbage again. But anyway, this was a really solid performance from Ben Affleck in a less than excellent script. I'm not terrible, but you know, uh, kind of run of the mill drama about a guy who, um, who, you know, we find out throughout the film has lost his son to cancer and went through, uh, Uh, a a spiral of alcoholic depression and is trying to get his life together by coaching a high school basketball team and you know there were a couple things that actually went different than I was expecting the script to go but really kind of the whole film hinges on the performance from Ben Affleck which was solid. It's a you know it's a well made drama. Again nothing amazing but uh, certainly a worthwhile film if it's on tv or on demand or streaming certainly watch it but i do think it's one of affleck's better performances and uh yeah i'd give the way back a seven out of ten uh i also saw the hunt which is uh it was supposed to come out in september of 2019 and then uh it got pushed back it was it it was supposed to come out september but um there were, uh, there were mass shootings in Dayton and El Paso in August of last year. And the sad fact of the matter is uh, because we've had so many mass shootings in the United States in the last decade that trying to remember which... I mean, I knew that's why this didn't come out originally, but trying to remember the specifics six months later, I had to look it up. But, um, you know, because this film is about uh, rich white people, liberals who kidnap supposedly poor, uh, uneducated people and then hunt them for sport. Uh, you know, was, it was considered insensitive and whatnot. Um, so I think it sort of worked in this film's favor cause they've released it six months later. Um, but I think it's giving a little bit, this film more gravity than it really deserves. I mean, it was fine entertainment for, uh, uh, late winter afternoon at the movie theater, but certainly not great entertainment. Um, the, the, the biggest takeaway from it for me was uh, I'd like to see Betty Gilpin and more stuff. I mean, she, I know she's on glow and I've enjoyed her on glow, but um, that's a very specific thing. And um, you know, I think she would do well in other films. I think she, she's definitely got a, a charisma, to her. I'd like to see her in more stuff, but there was a lot of, you know, kind of casting some of the actors, uh, who you've seen in other stuff and they're not huge name actors, but you just, you, they're recognizable enough that I assumed that they were going to be in the film longer than they are. Um, but, uh, you know I mean? And then a few of them are in longer, um, but yeah, some, some, some mid-celebrity actors, Ike Barinholtz, Emma Roberts, uh, Amy Madigan, Hilary Swank, uh, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Ethan Suplee, who's been in a lot of uh, Kevin Smith's films, uh, uh, Megan Blair, who's who's an excellent writer-director in his own right. He did um, Blue Ruin in the Green Room, and... Uh, Oh, that's who that was. I didn't even realize one of the characters who's like a a white gangster thug guy. It's Sturgill Simpson, um, which that that's pretty funny actually. But I didn't recognize him in how he was attired. But yeah, it's it kind of it's not as political or as intriguing as the film wants to think it is, and. Halfway through the film, it just becomes a standard uh, shoot-up thriller. And, yeah, I've seen films like that do way better. So, um, it was entertaining, but not an amazing film. Uh, I'd give it a 6 out of 10 as well. So, yeah, hope everyone is staying safe. Hope, uh, you know, with with the current, uh, you know, as of March 15th, the current uh, climate in the United States is we're not supposed to be gathering in groups larger than 250. So a lot of people have reached out to me saying, stay out of movie theaters. But honestly, I I think right now movie theaters are one of the safer places you can be because there's hardly anyone in the theaters, uh, on weekdays, which is when I see most movies. So, uh, I'm going to continue to go to the movies, but if you don't feel safe doing it, you know, and you're, you're kind of self quarantine, uh, you know, stream some stuff, watch some movies, uh, Yeah, I hope everyone stays safe and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.